Why, hello, hello, ladies and gentlemen. How's it going? It's me, it's me, it's the Franchise MC, and welcome to the arena featuring the Franchise MC, only on Gabnet, the Great American Broadcast Network. It is Wednesday at 9 o'clock Eastern, 6 o'clock Western, which is why you are hearing my voice, and you will be hearing a lot of my voice. Uh, the Blake Show will be out today, so you will not be joining us on my Citizen panel. If you would like to join my citizen panel in the future, you can do so. We uh, genuinely record the show around 7.45, 8 o'clock Eastern, 4.45, 5 o'clock Western, and we do use Zoom. So head on over to www.gabnet.net, click on the Zoom logo on the right-hand side. That'll connect you on in. You can see us. We can see you. It's fantastic. Uh, but if you cannot join us that way or at that time, that is totally fine. Facebook.com slash the franchises arena you can email feedback to the franchise mc30 at gmail.com or even tweet me out on the x uh my uh, handle is franchise mc30 so lots of ways for you to contact me if you cannot join us when we record the show, um, because as always is, I would like this to be a sports show where we do get to include everyone, um, whether you are a door diehard sports fan with some tattoos to prove it. Maybe you're just hoping to participate in a conversation. Um, you know, again, whatever sports related things you would like, we would like to be able to provide that for you. So, um, join us, join us. Why don't you? All right. Well, let's go ahead and get on into it. So like I said, um, we would like to uh, send a uh, hello to the Blake show. He is out, um, had some stuff going on, so he will not be joining us. So I will just kind of be traveling around the sports world. Um, and so one of the things that uh, happened this past weekend was the NBA All-Star Game. And while we have talked about in the past how the company Competition level at certain all-star games like the NBA and the um, the NFL one, the, the Pro Bowl that just happened. So as the Blake Show and I have been talking about how the competition level, um, they've been trying to add in different gimmicks and things like that to raise the participation from the players and the competitiveness of the games. Um, well, they did not do that uh, in the NBA this uh, by taking it back out of the format that they've had in previous years. So the last couple of years, they've done basically a format where they've played the first half has almost been its own game. It is like the first team um, to a certain score. And then they modify for the second half how many points each team it's been really weird. I haven't even like been able to read enough or want to read enough information on it to fully understand um, the parameters of it. Uh, but somehow they factored in that the point scored in the first half and created an arbitrary number that the teams needed to reach in the second half based off of that. Um, and then somehow if the team that didn't win in the first half came back, then they had to play in overtime. It was, again, very, very convoluted. Um, so they did take it back. Back to the typical East versus West, no draft picks um, or anything like that this year. 
and they brought it back to the full game format. And uh, there was a record set for the most uh, points scored by a team in the All-Star game as the Eastern Conference All-Stars scored 211 points uh, as they won 211 to 186. And so um, some like ridiculous things there were that happened in the game um, in like the middle of one of the quarters, one of the players got the ball. I think it was Luka Doncic um, got the ball from an inbounds after a made basket. And he basically dribbled the ball up 10 feet uh, up the court, not even making it, I would say, a quarter of the way towards the, the basket. And for no reason, just decided to throw up a shot from from that distance. It, it didn't have any, any chance of going in. Um but it was again kind of embarrassing the level or lack of of uh, energy that was in the actual game um and uh i didn't happen to see any of it myself uh but um I did the night before um, enjoy one uh, one contest in particular, uh, and so we talked about it last week and, and a couple weeks ago on the show. It was the three-point showdown between the New York Liberty of the WNBA's Sabrina Ionescu and three-point champion uh, of all time in the NBA, Stephen Curry, for the Golden State Warriors, so the best of the uh, WNBA versus the best of the NBA. And why that was kind of significant was that, uh, as we touched on, Sabrina Ionescu set the record for WNBA or NBA players last year in the All-Star Game um, weekend festivities for the WNBA. She set the all-time record for most points scored by any participant. Um and so uh, that set up, they had kind of joked about it and said, we need to settle this, who the best one is. Um, we need to settle this uh, at an event. And so they did make that one of the events after the regular three-point shooting competition by the NBA. Um, so in that, Damian Lillard, he uh, went uh, and won his second in a row. So he is the back-to-back three-point champion. Um, and he won... Uh, <laughs> he won the uh, three-point competition this year with a score of 26 points. He put in the most in any round, and a, a few players tied with that score. Um, but uh, that was the score that Sabrina Ionescu by herself scored as well. So proving that not only is she a great shooter for being in the WNBA, but she is one of the greatest shooters, um, you know, walking on the face of the earth. And um, why that is also significant is because, like we talked about on the show, I believe last week, the Blake Show mentioned that she was planning on shooting from the uh, WNBA's regulation three-point line, which is different at different locations throughout the court, a different uh, distance. 
than it is in the NBA. Um, so she decided that she didn't want that to be any kind of a um, disparity between um, the two compa- uh, competitors and that she also was that confident in her ability that she decided she was going to shoot from the standard NBA three-point line. And so again, she herself scored 26 points um, uh, to tie Damian Lillard and a couple other players for the most points scored in the three-point competition. Uh, And then um, the king of the three-point shot, Stephen Curry, who has had some struggles in previous three-point competitions, uh, but not uh, on Saturday. Not on Saturday. He would um, defend his crown as the greatest three-point shooter, and he would put in 29 points on his own to claim the GOAT uh, WWE-style belt uh, for being the winner of the three-point competition. Um, so it was a really, I, I enjoyed it. I thought it was really well done. Uh, again, I was actually worried for Steph Curry when she put in 26 points because I know, um, that while he's made 500 or whatever, uh, in a row in practice that he does sometimes, uh, not perform extremely well in the three point competition while he has won it. Uh, there have other times been other times where he has struggled. Um, so I, I was genuinely a little, a little worried for him when she put 20 in. Um, but one of the things that kind of pissed me off about it was um, Kenny Smith, one of the announcers who I genuinely enjoy listening to. Um, he was on commentary for the competition. And for some reason, he uh, took issue with the fact that she decided to shoot from the NBA's three-point line instead of the three-point line for the WNBA. Um, And so while she was in, um, and I also, I went back and I listened to the comments, his commentary in particular, uh, for both the regular NBA three-point competition and the WNBA uh, competition. And he did um, he made some comments during the three-point uh, competition about certain players being tired or looking tired, and that was because um, some of the athletes like Ty- Tyrese Halliburton of the Pacers participated in like the skills competition with the with his teammates um, right before or shortly before the three-point competition. So so he pointed out that a couple of them looked tired. However. Um, it was on the third rack of basketballs. Um, if you think of each of the spots on the field on the court being a, being a rack where they shoot from, um, on the third rack, he said that she was already starting to look tired, um, and then he also started throwing in um, some kind of critiques about her shot basically saying um, that she needed to get her legs into it. And he kept repeating that over and over and over again, um, you know, like uh, uh, basically critiquing her, her shot style, not um, which he didn't make any of those kinds of comments uh, for any of the players on the, even the ones that he did say were tired. He didn't make any kind of a comment like that for any of the, uh, the male participants in the three point competition. Um, So that kind of pissed me off. And then after the competition, was 
over. He said, um, I think she should have shot from the woman's line. He repeated that uh, a few times. Should have shot from the woman's line. Should have shot from the woman's line. And then he said that's the only thing that would have made it a fair contest. That she should have thought of shot from the three-point line of the WNBA. And then he commented on the fact that she was using a standard um, WNBA basketball, which is also a different size. But my argument um, for that would be that if she had to use a different object, a different size basketball than she's used to, then that's changing a bigger uh, kind of variable in the shot than it is just making her shoot at a different distance than she may be used to um, on the WNBA court. So he he pointed out that she was using a different ball and said that if she had really wanted to make it a fair competition, that she um, should have given her a regular sized NBA basketball if she wanted to shoot from the, the NBA's three point uh position. Um, and then he also brought in uh, that there's a woman's tee in golf and a men's tee in golf. And he added for a reason. Um, so I, I was kind of, uh, I was extremely kind of pissed off. Um, I sent a couple of friends text message afterwards saying, you know, what what is the issue that he really has with the, with the competition? I thought it went really well. Um, they interviewed the athletes afterwards, um, and there were hints that uh, this could become some kind of a regular stay in the NBA's All-Star Weekend, and maybe they do crossover uh, during the WNBA's All-Star Weekend and have some of the NBA athletes go over there to kind of boost um, particip- uh, viewership and uh, and maybe ticket sales to those events. Um, so maybe they could do that in the future and uh, kind of highlighted that maybe there was a tag team style next year uh, and that um, Sabrina Ionescu would be able to add the services of one Caitlin Clark, who is regarded as possibly an even better shooter um, than she than Sabrina Ionescu is. Um, so I think that would be extremely uh, entertaining. And um, so you could see potentially two versus two uh, next year um, with the team of Sabrina Ionescu and Caitlin Clark representing the WNBA. So um, again, that was kind of the, the one event that I clued in on. Um, the dunk competition from all of the replays that I saw. Um, again, you know, people are trying to jump over people. They're trying to jump over objects and things. Um, uh, Mac McClung, who won the competition, won with a dunk in which he d- uh, jumped over Shaquille O'Neal. Um, so again, uh, really big elevation and hops, but within itself compared to some of the other uh, dunk competitions of the of the past um, with you know Kobe and with uh, Vince Carter and Jason Richardson um, a lot of those Desmond Mason was another one that went toe to toe with Jason Richardson in one of his uh, two NBA dunk competition victories so I, I I think it's kind of they need to figure out you know some some of the events like that need a little bit of tinkering um, that there seems to be a lot of complaining about the judges scores and scores scoring um in terms of of how that has affected who who wins um and whether or not it's fair because it's kind of arbitrary um with uh with it just being 
the people that are are watching a, a few voters um on the on the uh so I, I don't know what the if there's anything that can fix it because again it's 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 kind of lost its luster in terms of wanting to participate in the dunk competition um, with with people like LeBron um, not that he necessarily has to at at, a, at the age thirty eight um, not but I'm sure there are some younger stars out there that uh, have some some decent. Uh, dunking abilities and and could put their their ability on display and bring back some of the the uh, viewership and and level of competition there too um but yeah uh, ultimately the game the all-star game was a huge letdown um because again there just is literally zero competition um unless the ball is right in front of you in being put in your face players aren't even like reaching out to try and play any kind of defense or things like that. So uh, they definitely with the NFL need to figure something out uh, to try and, and raise the level of competition because I, I don't understand what the point is um, there. So uh, in the all-star game, um, we, the aforementioned Damian Lillard who won the three point competition, put his efforts on full display uh, and in 28 minutes, he finished with 39 points on 14 of 26 shooting, and he made 11 three-pointers. Uh, Tyrese Halliburton, who I also mentioned earlier, uh, in 27 minutes, he had 32 points, and he put 10 three-pointers in on his own right. Uh, but Damian Lillard took home the MVP trophy, so he added a couple of new trophies to his personal case. Um, with the MVP and the three-point trophy champions. Um, so, uh, again, um, the NBA is now back and resuming um, games after the break for the All-Star game. In other basketball news, last Thursday, uh, Caitlin Clark, who I also mentioned, um, she set the... Uh, record for most points scored in a college career by a woman's uh, player. She broke Kelsey Plum's record and she did it with a personal career high and program record 49 points. Uh, so Kelsey Plum previously held, held the mark uh, back starting in 2017 with 3,527 points. And Caitlin Clark got her 3,528th with 7 minutes and 48 seconds to play in the first after she scored the Iowa Hawkeyes' first eight points. So... Uh, she would break the record on a three-pointer from the logo from about 30 feet. So again, the distance of the NBA three-point line um, will not be any kind of an issue for Caitlin Clark. But again, um, bringing back the stupid comments from from um, 
Kenny uh, again. How, why would you change that fundamental thing like what she's used to shooting the basketball with from any kind of a distance? I mean, that really is the bigger variable than the distance that she's shooting from. So uh, as Sabrina Ionescu said, like it really wasn't anything for her to be able to just take a step back and uh, make the basket from a few extra further feet away. It's not that's not something that she was afraid of or, or, or needed to have that uh, be changed to the WNBA length. So, again, good on her. She was absolutely phenomenal. Um, and it was, it was exciting. But uh, uh, Caitlin Clark, uh, again, reigns supreme um, as the um, all-time leading female scorer. And I, I guess there was some argument that there was a that there is a different record um, in the books uh, for female collegiate athletes. I'm going to see if I can type this up while I'm talking about the story. Um, but in the particular game in which she set the record, she scored or assisted on 79 of 106 points. That is insane. All but 27 of the points um, she was involved in. It was the most in any game by any Division I player over the last 25 seasons. I guess they include Division I uh, because you might have had a situation where uh, they had like a school who, who just gave the, the ball only to one athlete and they got creamed uh every single possession, but they still had some kind of uh, impact with all of the points scored. Um, so I don't know. They they mentioned Division One there. Um, they did mention that uh, Caitlin Clark could break Pistol Pete Maravich's all-time Division One scoring record at 3,667. Oh, okay, here it is. Um, and she could pass Lynette Woodard, who holds the AIAW major college record with 6000 or 3649 points um which was just before the NC just before uh the NCAA record uh or it was established so um that is what they officially have that was what I was going to look up um so they officially have her as the official Lynette Woodard, um, as the current record holder for uh, females, not Kelsey Plum. Uh, Kelsey Plum is the NCAA, uh, or was the NCAA record holder. So um, we will see, we will keep track of Caitlin Clark's milestones. Uh, she is averaging 32.8 points a game, and she is averaging. Um, she's 99 points shy of Pistol Pete's record. Um, so, uh, some amazing statistics for her college career. She has 53 30 point or more games, including 16 this season, the most by a division one player in the past 25 years. She has 50. Triple doubles, including four this season, which ranks second in Division I history behind Sabrina Ionescu's 26. 
and she has 12 40-point games. So 53 of those 30-point games, are she scored 40 or more, including four this season, which is also the most by any Division I player in the last 25 seasons. So pretty darn remarkable. Good on Caitlin Clark. Uh, pretty crazy um, to see that uh, that records that have stood for so long are um, going to possibly fall. Um, I'm not exactly sure how many games um, they have left. I, I will see um, and check back in on that next week. But uh, usually March Madness is kind of the, the beginning of the end of the basketball season. So uh, we are starting to run up against it. Okay, moving right along. Um, let's see. Uh, there were, in the news today, there were arrests made and charges filed against two individuals who were involved in the Chiefs Super Bowl day shooting, or parade shooting. Um, so, it was reported during um, the day of the parade that shots had rung out in Kansas City and that a number of people had been injured and unfortunately, later that day, it was announced that one person had lost their life in the incident or the tragedy, I should say. Um, so, uh, two adults have been charged with the murder in the deadly shooting at the Super Bowl parade last week that killed one and injured 22 others. Jackson County Prosecutor Gene Peter Baker said that Dominic Miller and Lindell Mays are each facing charges of second-degree murder, two counts of armed criminal action, and use of a unlawful use of a weapon. Um, so they, uh, one person, um, Lynette. Lindell Mays, one of the men charged in the parade, had just been let off unsupervised uh, probation earlier that month for pulling a gun out at the Belton Community Center back in 2021. Uh, so it was Kansas City DJ uh, Lisa Lopez Galvin, who was the celebrating Kansas City's Super Bowl per win over the 49ers with her husband, son, and daughter, who was fatally shot by a bullet from Miller's gun. So again, uh, May's... Um, being charged because he was also involved and uh, discharged a firearm in an incident. Um, so uh, he was also charged. Um, Baker said that Mays, let me, uh, Tuesday that Mays got into a verbal argument at the parade with someone who he had no history with and that the argument very quickly escalated to Mays drawing his gun and almost immediately others pulled firearms as well. Both adults are in the hospital with injuries suffered during the shooting and are both being held on $1 million bond. Uh, 
Uh, two juveniles were also charged and detained on gun-related and resisting arrest charges last week. Um, but, again, um, their identities, because they are juveniles, was not released by authorities. Or I should say their, it, their identities were not released if you're coming after me as the grammar police. Um, and, uh, uh, kind of unrelated, but, um, NBA player, we, I think we talked about it, um, a couple of weeks ago when, or, uh, when the incident happened, um, but, uh, or actually, I guess it just happened last week. So, uh, we did not have a chance to cover this because it happened. Um, but, uh, Pistons, Detroit Pistons player, Isaiah Stewart had February 23rd set as his uh, court date after he was arrested um, for punching Suns player Drew Eubanks. So apparently in um, an uh, incident when they uh, uh, were both arriving at the arena. Um, they apparently brushed up with one another and said that um, words were said and they got face to face. And Eubanks said he at that point um, that Isaiah Stewart sucker punched him and security got in the way very quickly. Um, and Stewart was arrested and given a citation before being released from custody. So this happened. The incident uh, took place before the game back on Valentine's Day. So it was not definitely not any love lost that day between those two players or between those two teams. Um, so uh, we will stay tuned and see if there are any uh, official um, charges or if he what kind of uh, penalty he faces for the incident um, as he was charged um, with, I believe, a simple assault um, after, uh, again, um, punching uh, Eubanks in the face one time. So again, security quickly got involved um, and separated, and that's when police were called. Um, going back uh, to the uh, unfortunate incident at the parade for the Super Bowl win for the Kansas City Chiefs, um, in a uh, GoFundMe for the victim of the uh, shooting, Taylor Swift donated $100,000 to the family. Um, she made two separate $50,000 donations. I don't know if 50000 is the max um, to the Liz Lopez Galvin Memorial GoFundMe page. She said, sending my deepest sympathies and condolences in the wake of your devastating loss with love Taylor Swift accompanying both of her donations. So um, very nice of her um, as again, she was a pivotal figure during the Super Bowl and the run up to the Super Bowl uh, by the Kansas City Chiefs. 
Um, speaking of the Kansas City Chiefs, uh, in a recent interview, their new uh, the Kansas City Chiefs, one of their rivals, the new head coach Antonio Pierce, who was the interim head coach for the Las Vegas Raiders, then made official. Um, he had an interesting take on how he plans to have his team defend Patrick Mahomes for as long as he is the coach in Las Vegas. Um, and so he said that his team is going to implement the kind of uh, Michael Jordan defense rules that the Detroit Pistons had back in the day. Um, and so if you are not a fan of basketball, Back in the day, the Detroit Pistons were known as one of the roughest playing teams, and they would routinely uh, physically assault. I mean, as an easy is the easiest probably way. Um, I guess some of the stuff that uh, I guess Isaiah Stewart, uh, in the way that he sucker punched Eubanks, was almost commonplace on the basketball court back uh, with the Bad Boy Pistons, um, and so they would basically make life. Uh, miserable for Michael Jordan because any chance they got to kind of um, bump into him, any kind of things like that, it w it wasn't necessarily, I mean, I'm painting it out because the, the NBA in general was a lot different in terms of what was physically allowed back then. Um, but uh, it was, you know, they weren't necessarily straight up uh, fouling him in violation of the rules at the time, but they would just constantly make him earn certain things. They would constantly like chip him, bump him and things like that. So that was what Antonio Pierce says is going to be the new strategy when playing the Chiefs for the Raiders. So he said um, that he will be channeling the bad boy Detroit Pistons um, and will have his team um, will uh, hate the color red moving forward. Uh, and so he said, uh, then showed some highlights and he said, we have, we've got the Jordan rules and that's what I'm calling it from now on. As long as I'm here, the Patrick Mahomes rules. Um, so you remember Jordan was going through the Pistons, all those guys in the eighties before he became Michael Jordan. Cause that was one of the big humps that he had to overcome was the Detroit Pistons mountain. Um, but the, he said that the Pistons used to really whoop his ass anytime he came into the the paint uh, they would kind of elbow give him love taps and things like that so basically he, they're just trying to get in his head and make him think about and feel the defense out there on every single play um, so it's not any anything like uh, in the lead up to the Super Bowl when we talked about former Green Bay Packer Mark Chimura talking about having um, a 15-yard penalty on Brock Purdy be worth it uh, if it was smart and um, you know didn't necessarily hurt the team um, that they had to you know consider whether or not they might use that as an advantage to kind of get him out of the game. So not advocating for violence or anything, but just you know on those extra runs and things like that just bumping him um, along the way to make sure that he remembers he's playing the game of football out there on the uh, 
on the field. So uh, I, I like Antonio Pierce. I was I was uh, hoping again that the the Raiders would Raider and, and not uh, not name him the head coach and try and go somewhere else with it. Uh, but they did not uh, mess this one up in my opinion um, because all of the players seem to really enjoy playing for him. Um, so. We shall see what happens um, in the culture for the Raiders moving forward. Uh, one of the other non-Kansas City Chief players uh, that was responsible for a lot of a enthusiasm and a lot of energy during the postseason run was the Chiefs tight end, uh, Travis Kelsey's brother, Jason, um, who was routinely at the game celebrating, introducing people to Taylor Swift, to being introduced to people that he didn't know, celebrities, Um there was a good article that he said that uh, where he was talking about how he now understands um, what it must be like to be Taylor Swift on a given day. And just in his experience, like how many people tried to get into the booth to say hi to Taylor, how many people did get in the booth to take pictures and say hi to her. Um, so he had a, a more uh, a larger appreciation for just what it takes to be her on a daily basis in terms of having that level of celebrity celebrity um, that she does. So I thought that was kind of an interesting perspective hearing it from somebody who in his own right is a celebrity, um, but again, not nearly on the level. Um, but he was back in headlines today um, as he was participating in the Mike's Seafood Run slash Walk for Autism. Uh, so he participated in a 5K run walk to raise money um, for, I guess, autism awareness. I haven't looked into what uh, the exactly it, it is for, um, but... Um, you know, a, a walk usually designed to raise money for awareness or for organizations that help families or individuals um, that have autism. So whatever it is, I'm sure the money, uh, hopefully the money's being used for, for a good, good cause, which I am sure that it is, especially uh, now that you've got Travis uh, or uh, Jason Kelsey out there participating. He will hunt you down and make sure that you get the money where it needs to go. Um, another, uh, funny moment involving Jason Kelsey, um, during the celebration after the Super Bowl, um, he was filmed out at a dance club, absolutely blitzed out of his mind, uh, which arguably understandable celebrating his brother's second, uh, or third, I guess third Super Bowl win now, um, and so uh, he was filmed in a luchador mask um, out on the dance floor, and it was determined that that mask was, in fact, given to him by a young fan. Um, so a young fan gave him that mask as good luck for the uh, Super Bowl saying that he had been kind of a good luck charm. So putting the two things together was um, a not definitely in his book, not a bad thing. And so uh, after the uh, Super Bowl win, um, the young gentleman wanted to know if it was possible for him to get his mask back. And so it the uh, operation ensued to get in contact with Jason Kelsey to see if he still did have the mask um 
for uh, so that he could return, get it back from um, from the the football player. And sure enough, Jason Kelsey does still have the mask, and he is currently trying to find out how he can return that to the young fan. Um, so let me see if I can get the young gentleman's name. Oh, and apparently uh, the fan has now since received the lucky mask back. Um, so uh, as of a couple of days ago. So awesome. I had not looked up uh, the updated story. Um, so uh, Elijah Smith was the young gentleman's name. And so uh, Kelsey reached out to social media and asked and inquired how he could get in contact and after seeing um seeing the the um the video about the young gentleman wanting it back he said that um he wanted to do everything that he could. Um, I appreciated everybody bringing it to his attention and looked forward to reuniting Elijah with his mask once again. And uh, true to form, he was able to do that. Um, and Elijah said that there was just one more thing that might make it even better, and that would be if he autographed it and sent it back. So I'm sure that uh, he probably either put some gear in there or something like that and then autographed uh, the mask for Elijah Smith. Um, so he has now been reuniting with his favorite lucky mask. So pretty awesome there, not only um, because it could, it would have been really easy for him to just kind of throw it away at the end, but he, maybe even he kind of kept it as a memento for, for uh, a symbol of how much fun he had in the, uh, in the line. So, or in the, uh, the, the celebration, I should say of, uh, of the Super Bowl. Um, one interesting point that was made by former football player J.J. Watt, um, as we talked about, there were numerous holding calls and things like that that were missed by NFL referees or missed or ignored, one of the two, um, but numerous plays that did have an impact on the overall outcome of the game. Um, well, J.J. Watt has suggested that maybe the NFL should make the holding penalty five yards for offensive holding, um, suggesting that maybe that will make referees more likely to call the penalty because maybe that is what they are thinking is that 10 yards is a big penalty to assess on plays that may or may not be considered um, holds. Again, some of the ones from the Super Bowl were were very, very blatant, um, blatantly missed or ignored. Um, but uh, maybe that that might be something that we could investigate uh, implementing in the game so that that might be something that makes them more likely to call the penalty if it's not going to be as big of an issue. Um, so uh, maybe the NFL told them to be more lenient on calling holding calls and making it just the more egregious ones to kind of boost some offense. I don't really know. Um, but again, it, it does definitely seem like I'm a whole lot more confused as you can go through my text thread with the Blake show and see uh, how many times I've asked him um, for someone to explain what holding is now uh, in the NFL because um, 
again, I'm, I'm not really sure at certain points when people have the, the back of the jersey of the defensive player and they're holding on to that, um, how that's not considered holding, or when they tackle them on the ground after they're already down. I didn't know you could do that. Um, so maybe that is something that might help in the future um, with referees calling holding calls. It was announced uh, after um, Peacock uh, had the play playoff game for between the Chiefs um, and the Dolphins last year for the first non or non uh, public televised playoff game um, by the NFL. Now Amazon, who is the holder of the Thursday night football, is now set to pay a record one hundred and twenty million dollars to the NFL to stream the its first playoff game after the upcoming 2024 season. So if you have Amazon, congratulations. Uh, if you don't have Amazon Prime, then there will be a playoff game just like last year if you didn't have Peacock that you will miss now because they paid $120 million. So to tell me that they can't uh, try and um, adequately pay out or fund uh, CTE programs and research and then pay out insurance claims and things like that to the former athletes uh, that are suffering. Um, I'm going to call complete bullshit on that because again, $120 million just for one playoff game to be streamed exclusively on Amazon prime. So uh, that's, that's a lot of money. That is a lot of um, another uh, interesting fact that surfaced in a report today. Um, so uh, the game during the regular season between the uh, Philadelphia Eagles and the San Francisco 49ers, a game in which the 49ers won handedly, um, there was the sideline altercation that happened between Dre Greenlaw and Eagles security guard Big Dom, which led to Big Dom being suspended from the sidelines for the uh, rest of the year. And there was a um, seeming correlation between him being suspended from the sidelines and the Eagles kind of having a meltdown in terms of their season en route to being outed out of the playoffs. Um, well, it was reported that um, the reason that that may have been um, a huge factor was that Nick Sirianni, the head coach, got into numerous arguments with players and coaches on the sidelines during games after Big Dom had been suspended. So apparently Big Dom was his kind of responsibility buddy um, and kept him kind of in his ego and mouth in check while he was on the sidelines. He was just not there, not just there to uh, interact with players and get into shouting matches and things like that. Um, he actually uh, did security and he was responsible for securing Nick Sirianni's mouth, uh, apparently. So that what may have been one large uh, factor in their kind of late season meltdown. Um, 
because again, if you don't have your filter or the person that brings you back down to earth and says, maybe you shouldn't insult that person's mom, uh, you know, that, that can be a big, uh, a big issue. Um, so, uh, I don't know what the NFL will say about moving forward with that. I am not quite sure, um, in terms of whether he will be allowed back or what's, uh, what certain, um, stipulations or things they might have for personnel on the sideline in the future. Um, so we will stay tuned to see if there is any of that. Um, all right. Well, we only have a couple of minutes left here on the program. Uh, Major League Baseball teams have started to report for uh, pitchers and catchers. And of course, a lot of position players, as we've discussed in recent years now, uh, reporting early on in the uh, spring training process as well to get kind of some extra uh, practice and things like that into before the spring training game start. Um, so lots of teams have started reporting. Um, so we will have to keep in um, track of any last second free agent additions or anything like that that teams have with some big names like Blake Snell still out there. Um, one funny image surfaced from Cincinnati Reds camp uh, yesterday. And that was um, a broken window. And the broken window was on pitcher Hunter Green's car. And Ellie De La Cruz, the young superstar, budding superstar for the Rays, uh, for the Reds last year that we talked about a considerable amount on the show with his uh, insane speed and his uh, incredible arm, that uh, he was the one that hit it a, a foul ball uh, and he hit it so far out of the park that it went into the player's parking lot and hit Hunter Green's car, uh, causing a huge uh, break in one of his windows. So um, the bat speed definitely is still there for Ailey De La Cruz. No need to worry about that. Um... And lastly for today, as I get the theme music ready, um, it was announced that there is an official complaint in from Major League Baseball players about the new uniforms that have been released for players to wear um, for the upcoming season by Nike and Fanatics. Uh, and their main issue stems from the fact that the pants are pretty darn see-through. So as I told uh, my best friend earlier today, uh, you will be able to find out which players can hit the ball 10 times farther than either of us can, but has a smaller PB. So, you know, they'll probably get that fixed before the season, but it could happen. You might be able to tell. All right. That sound means we've made it through our time on the arena. Thank you so much for sharing the time with me. And if you were not able to join us for today's show, we will be back same time next week. I encourage you to join us then. Please stay tuned for Alex Bennett's ramble. He will be followed by the intersection. I'm your host, the franchise MC. It has been an absolute pleasure sharing the arena with you. And as always, I encourage you to live your life like it's a three in one count and swing for those fences. Have a good night, ladies and gentlemen.